Welcome back to Actors with the Shoes, the weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film, and Broadway, giving you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I'm your host, Juan Ayala. Today, I am joined by a wonderful actress who all of you know from American Horror Stories. Uh, she played the role of Nicole in the Rubber Woman storyline on the new FX on Hulu show. Valerie Liu, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's dive right into our first segment called Getting to Know You. It's a series of rapid fire questions to get to know Valerie a little better. And we always start with an easy one, coffee or tea? Tea. Drama or comedy? Ah, this is this is hard because I started off really liking drama. But now that I've like, you know, worked on, I guess, honing comedy skills more, I, I find comedy so much more like fulfilling to nail like you know, the timing and everything. So right now, comedy. <laughs> uh, hero or villain? Villain. You've played a villain. We've seen it so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what's your most recent binge watch? Recent binge watch? Warrior on H... Well, now it's on HBO Max, but it used to be a Cinemax um, series. Gotcha. I've never heard of Warrior. Check yeah, it it's a, it, it's a actually... T- um, you know, they, they talk about the, um, you know, when they were building the railroads and stuff. So Asian American mm-hmm. origin and um, the Exclusion Act and stuff like that. So I think it's gotcha. like it covers a really important um, part of our history that hasn't really been explored, even in schools these days. Mm-hmm. So I think like a TV show, you know, um, showing that is really useful. Obviously, it's still like a drama and, you right. know, things are embellished in a way and stuff but it's it's amazing and there's tons of really talented asian american actors and you know um plenty of other actors too and it's it's also i think very in line with right now with shang chi and stuff out with the martial Mm -hmm. arts scene being really booming and coming back um it was just a great show to watch in these times (laughs) when you started explaining it i i do remember i haven't watched it but i remember seeing ads for it you know instagram and all that yeah it's actually um so I think the idea, it, I might be wrong. I have to kind of look into it more, but I think it actually came from Bruce Lee and his daughter right now, or grand granddaughter. I'm not sure. I think um, Janet you're Lee? right. It's based on like his stories, like that yeah. were published or something. I don't remember. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it, I think it, it, you know, pays homage to him and stuff. And mm-hmm. I definitely want to look into the background a little more, but the show itself is amazing. Storyline, amazing fight sequences off the charts. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what's the first non-acting job you ever had? Um, I was a, like a, uh, I guess like a waitress in like a wedding banquet situation. I, mm-hmm. I only worked like one night though they gotcha. like hated me because I had no um, arm strength <laughs> to hold <laughs> the trays and stuff but but it was really interesting for sure <laughs> uh who is your dream co-star dream co-star Paul Rudd <laughs> I want him to play his daughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I just can imagine like him you know having like an adopted daughter that he has issues with <laughs> and that would be yeah. me <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> uh, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Uh, this might be like a cliche. Um, mean Girls. <laughs> I definitely, um, when I was preparing for Nick, my character, Nicole in American Horror Stories, I like really 
based it off Karen in Mean Girls because I mm-hmm. feel like that was the only way to kind of find the humor in a terrible, you know, mean, evil character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's a movie that never fails to make you cry? Uh, uh, this is, I, I honestly cry at almost everything, even <laughs> like, even comedies, when, whenever there's like a touching situation. So I can't really pinpoint one. I, I guess like the notebook, again, another very okay. cliche one, <laughs> especially like if I'm on my period or something, right. like immediately every scene, I'm just like waterworks. <laughs> uh, if you could master any accent, which would it be? Uh, I think it would have to be like a British accent. I think because I think I grew up always trying, you know, like it's it's one of those accents where everyone thinks they know it, but right. <laughs> you know, it's always something's a little off about it. But I, I would yeah. love to be able to like really master it. And describe your worst audition in three words. No further explanation needed. So just three words. Uh, I think it would be jitters. Uh, <laughs> memory loss. <laughs> that would be two words. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, um, so I always do some digging on Instagram and all of that stuff whenever mm-hmm. I have guests that I don't personally know on the show. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. look to your Instagram and all of that. So, um, just wanted to ask how you first got started acting. I know you initially weren't looking into getting acting. It was, mm-hmm. um, or from, from what I saw on an Instagram post, you were like sort of pursuing the modeling route and then that sort yeah. of led to acting. So if you could just elaborate on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so weirdly enough, I actually, um, growing up, I always wanted to be an actor. Like that was my first, my earliest dream job mm-hmm. was acting. But, um, so I was born and raised in Singapore and, um, I think Singapore has its own little entertainment industry hub kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I never really saw a ton of Singaporean actors branch out into Hollywood and stuff. I, there are a couple, um, but yeah, I, I never really had, you know, that person to look up to and you, no one in my family pursued arts, really. I think I have an aunt who's a ballet teacher kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like other mm-hmm. than that, everyone else is like engineer, doctor, pretty stereotypical stuff. Um, so I never knew how to get into the entertainment industry at all and then when I moved to America about I think seven eight years ago um, I was living in Arizona and that's when you know I think social media was starting to get a little like um, more prominent then Mm -hmm. I I started you know posting like outfit photos on my Instagram and that kind of led to local photographers there asking like hey do you want to shoot like we love your outfits Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, let's put together a shoot. And, and I started going on those. And then I guess without knowing that started building my portfolio and started really getting into modeling more seriously. And I think in 2018, um, a local, um, agency in Arizona called the agency Arizona, actually, um, they, they, um, scouted me through a, um, I was modeling for a new segment um, mm-hmm. on TV. I think it was like Channel 12, Good Morning Arizona News or yeah. something like that. Like they have those segments where they invite like a stylist and they talk about current trends and yeah. in the industry and stuff. And then I was modeling. And so I was scouted through there. 
Um, and then I signed with them and, you know, from there started doing a lot more like local commercials, um, e-com modeling and stuff. And from there, that agency placed me with a commercial agency here. And that, you know, gave me a, like, I guess, an entryway into LA yeah. <laughs> to, you know, get life set up and, and have access to acting classes and, you know, be more involved in the industry. And that's when I kind of started to realize, hey, like acting is attainable now, you know, not, not attainable, like obviously still working on it, very new to it, but I, you know, I, I was just like, wow, this is, this is my time to pursue what I've always wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. So that's how I kind of segued into, into acting. Yeah. Once you go to a major market, whether it's like New York or, or LA mm -hmm. or now Atlanta is like blowing up right. it's like huge for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Once you sort of get there, you're like, okay, I'm here now. I can really mm -hmm. like go for it. Like I I'm not yeah. from New York. I'm here now, but I'm, I'm from the East coast. I'm from Connecticut um, mm -hmm. about two hours away. And it's like, there's only so much you can do in your smaller markets. Like there's in mine, there's like, there's lots of theater. There's some, like they'll do like a Hallmark Christmas movie once a year. They film that in Connecticut in the winter, but then um, it's always a little bit harder to sort of get your foot in the door mm -hmm. just in those smaller markets. So, I mean, that's great that you sort of had that entryway from yeah. one rep to another. Um, so that's great. I mean, congrats on that and look where you are now. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really I think everything, obviously it's been kind of years in the making kind of right. thing, but it still feels like everything happened so quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's like one day you're, you're still, you know, dreaming about it. And the next day it's like, you get to be on set. It's great. It's crazy. I I'm very, very thankful. And I'm just like excited to keep working at it, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're one of the few guests that I've had on the show that sort of came to the States from another country. Mm -hmm. A few others like came from Canada, which is not as drastic mm -hmm. of a move in terms <laughs> of like, you know, language mm -hmm. barriers, the culture shock and all of that stuff. Um, so what was that experience like for you? Because like you said, your family is still in Singapore, correct? Like you're yes. the only one from your family here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I so when I first moved here um, was actually because of my dad's job, he's in the air force. So he was posted to an air base in Arizona mm. and we only had planned to like come for two years. And my, a lot of, um, uh, kids from Singapore who come with their families for the same reason, they'll like, they'll take a business degree that they like, they, they take a lot of credits in one semester so that they can like finish it in like two years right. and go back with their family. So like, that was the original plan. But then uh, me and my brother, we decided like we wanted to do um, biochemistry. So then <laughs> we, we told our parents like we're going to do the whole like um, the full college thing. And so my, my family uh, went back to Singapore after my dad's tour ended. And um, I that, that extra two years really gave me like the time to realize like, you know, biochemistry is not what I want to do. Like I really want to pursue something in the arts. So it made like a world of difference really. And um, I think, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I, I would describe Singapore as a place that's actually very um, well-developed. And we, we do speak English there, but this isn't my like natural accent. <laughs> mm. I have like what, what we like to call a singlish accent. A singlish. Um, yeah, which, which is also very different from like, 
the usual like Cantonese, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, English accent that we we watch on TV usually. So it, it was interesting when I was starting to get adi- auditions and they're like, please tape it with an Asian accent. And then I'd be like, oh, but it's like, I, I, it's a different accent from, you know, my Singaporean accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the accent part was one of the very, um, I guess, different things that I kind of had to pick up as, you know, even in day-to-day communication, like it, um, I used to give like presentations in school mm. and, you know, if I did it in my Singaporean accent, people wouldn't really like understand. So I had to kind of pick up the American <laughs> accent yeah. along the way. And obviously I, I, I do miss my family and I, I miss the food a lot. <laughs> I think that's the biggest um, thing <laughs> that I, I miss about Singapore, the food. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. the accents and whatnot, it's always frustrating because I'm the child of immigrants, but I was born in the mm-hmm. US. Um, I'm almost 30. So I haven't had an accent since I was like really, really little. And when you're mm-hmm. learning new languages young, you're like a sponge, you just absorb everything. So I'm bilingual, but never had an accent that was like non-American growing up or, or really spoke broken English. But now it's like, because there's this huge rise in representation, they're doing lots of projects with Hispanic and Latinx characters, mm-hmm. but they're usually immigrants or they have yeah. an accent or whatever. And I'm like, but I don't know. It's not my accent. 100. I don't know what to do here. Like that's not yes. so frustrating. It's like, yay representation, but you're like, but mm-hmm. I'm not, this is it for me. Like, yeah, no, that's yeah. actually one of the things that I, I figured we would talk about because mm-hmm. I was, I really wanted to, to hear what your experience was too. Mm-hmm. I think you like put it perfectly like yay to diversity, yay to um, representation. But you know, a lot of stories like, people really require, um, I guess, like ethnic people to have a different accent, but it's like, sometimes even like, I feel like it's hard for me because recently I did an audition where they wanted me to have like a Cantonese um, accent. And, you know, obviously one of the issues was that I, I brought up like, Hey, like I, you know, I don't really know the Cantonese accent. I have a Singaporean accent and people were like, oh, they won't, they won't know the difference. So that itself is the problem. Yeah. And then second of all, it's like a part of me was like, obviously I, I want to book whatever I can book. But also I, a part of me, I think subconsciously was worried. Like, what if I do book this? And like, people think like that, like people tend to, I feel like people tend to put, um, you know, certain ethnic groups in a box. Like if they see that actor um, performing with an accent, they, they think that's all they can do, you know what I mean? And potentially won't see them for f- further and future roles. And I think that's something that's like really different, um, you know, as compared to, I-, I saw recently on YouTube where Netflix put out like a compilation of Tom Holland and the different accents that he can do. And, it- and it's yeah. kind of interesting how like, you know, like a British or an Australian actor um, is able to, you know, speak in their, you know, native accent, but be considered for roles and and have you know them switching accents as like a really a big right. talent that they yeah. <laughs> kind of celebrate and I think that you know with with um POC and like ethnic performers it's it's something that we fear can limit us mm-hmm. so that's yeah. I know I kind of went on a tangent there but I I have so many thoughts about the accent issue <laughs> yeah. yeah um I mean, it, the, I welcome the tangent. It's a podcast. It's, you know, I, I don't like <laughs> short interviews. I hate short answers. I'm like, go, yeah. we'll get it in editing. It's fine. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I love Tom Holland. I have a huge crush on him. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Everyone yeah. who knows me knows that. Um, <laughs> but like, it is very frustrating that, and it's it comes it still comes down to a race issue because it's like these are still white actors, mm-hmm. whether they're Australian or or English or American mm-hmm. or or Canadian. Mm-hmm. If they can switch the accent, it's like the world opens up for them. Mm-hmm. And and the, but you know what's also interesting is that we as people of color we get held there's more scrutiny when mm-hmm. a like with Simu Liu when he was in Kim's Convenience there was some controversy mm-hmm. that he was a Chinese actor playing a Korean actor or a right, Korean right. character mm-hmm. but no one is upset that a, a British actor right. Tom Holland is playing a kid from New York exactly. that's okay because he's white it's like oh my gosh yeah hundred percent. And like, for me, I come, my parents come from a tiny country in Central America, El Salvador, which no one's ever heard of. No one makes TV shows or movies about them. It's always Mexican or Colombian or Puerto Rican or or somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, And it's like, if I was limited to only play Salvadorian characters, I may as well give up now because it'll never happen. Yes. That's hundred percent exactly how I feel. Like I like coming from Singapore, I know like crazy rich Asians was made about that, but like, my thoughts on that movie, like I, I you know, I none loved, of the actors were from Singapore. No, like there's like <laughs> probably like one or two, and they played like, you know, they weren't really the main main character and stuff, and and that's about you know, I I don't really see, you know, stories about Singapore being made or like specifically like a Singaporean girl like who like you know moved to America, you know what I mean? Like it's right. it's just I think that's the double-edged sword of yeah. like the times we live in right now. I, I'm so happy you brought that up because I feel like I'm always the only one like kind of <laughs> like telling my friends, like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about everything now with a very accurate casting. Cause the issue is that there's not enough stories being right. written. Um, you know, I, yeah, with you, like the example you gave about Tom Holland, I always like to use Scarlett Johansson, you know, like she plays like amazing actress. Like I love her, but you know, she she's played Russian, German, right. Asian. <laughs> Boy. So yeah, so it's it's in, and I and I hundred percent like sympathize with you know people who are upset when like let's say like a Korean girl plays like a Hawaiian girl or mm-hmm. you know when they're when the Asians are being interchanged. But you're right, there's really just not enough stories going around right now in the year 2021 where. Asian actors who really want to achieve, you know, like mainstream success can be picky about like I at the start, like I was very like um, when I would get set, you know, auditions or appointments and and it would say like, we're looking for a Taiwanese girl or like a Korean girl. I'd like reply my manager and be like, hey, but I'm not really I'm not Taiwanese. Like I'm like, I'm Singaporean. Is that okay? And she was just like, girl, like they're seeing all Asian actors right right now. So you got to just. Like, you know, these are, these are the times we live in. And I really had to, I think the, like, I, I, how, how would I describe it? Like the, the social justice warrior and you really had to like, kind of, you know, like, like bite their tongue almost. You're just yeah, like, oh, yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. I don't like using the word authentic when it comes to representation because mm-hmm. that's us boxing ourselves in even more Right. because the industry already does it. And it's right. like, why are we limiting ourselves to only play specifically our nationality? Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like, it's almost like, well, I'm American. It's kind of, that's like, that's, that's my, mm-hmm. that's my actual culture. My heritage is one thing, but mm-hmm. my culture, I am American. I was born here. Mm-hmm. I know the pop culture. I know the music. I know the, the food from here, mm-hmm. the food from America. 
but it's like you know it again like you said it's like a double-edged sword it's very mm-hmm. conflicting to be like yes I want Salvadorian actors to get a chance but then you're like but the best actor should get the job not just yeah. you're Salvadorian great you get the job I want to be the mm-hmm. best person for the role not get it because mm-hmm. I fill out that one checkbox you know mm-hmm. yeah 100% and I and I it's yeah it's that conflict I, I think in inner conflict that um I, I I really do understand like both sides and I'm really happy yeah. you brought it up because those are thoughts that I'm, you know I always have and 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 sometimes it's not even just double-edged it's like multiple <laughs> edges because it's just you a, know, for, a chiseled blade a serrated <laughs> yeah because for me like I, I personally I I'm not American but I I feel very in tune with American um mm. culture just because so I was, I grew up, again, I was born and raised in Singapore, but because of my dad's job, I have lived in America for a while. Um, even when I was a, a kid, I think when I was one to six, I did live in America. We lived in New Mexico and Arizona, but it was kind of like a back and forth thing. So, um, you know, why, while I'm officially not a citizen, like I, I do feel like my life is very much you know, rooted here. But at the same time, I also do, you know, relate to the immigrant experience just because, you know, I'm in the process of immigrating and, you know, I I was an international student in back in college and stuff. So I I have like, I guess, both experiences. And sometimes, you know, I'll be in the talks for like a certain role that's, you know, telling the story of an Asian American. um, And I'll mention that I'm from Singapore and then I never hear back after because they're like okay well she's not authentically American which I understand because you know like with Asian Americans writing stories like they want the person portraying it I guess to be more I think like you said the word authentic is so interesting now because at the end of the day we're actors you know what I mean and and I think it's it's starting to become increasingly difficult to to find I guess that that thin line between between acting and being the most raw authentic right you know person for the job <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like especially for like um so i'm bi and i get auditions mm-hmm. for for gay characters all the time it's mm-hmm. like am i going to turn it down because i'm not right gay i'm like another mm-hmm. s- another part of the same mm-hmm. community it's like you know it's like still went through the same it's not like my life has been any easier because i'm by mm-hmm. over being gay it's like you know it's mm-hmm. it's just yeah. this very like you said this very fine line that you're trying yeah. to just it's so hard to figure out god this is yeah such, this is such really a great is. conversation just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know there's so many like layers to it and and mm-hmm. yeah with you bringing up like representation isn't just about like race there's so many different areas that need to be represented like you know and and it's also another interesting thing is I realized you know they so like for me you know I like I I don't identify as bi or gay um but interestingly there are a lot of you know roles for Asian girls these days that are they make them the LGBT character and I Mm. personally feel you know, like I shouldn't be auditioning for those mm. at all because, you know, I don't want to take away from someone that, you know, is, does identify with yeah. LGBT in, in, in real life. And, you know, that's another thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like, like casting is getting, 
I don't know. It, it's very, it, it's difficult. I think it's, it's really a moral conflict because yeah, I, really I want a job, but at the same time, like, I really feel like everyone deserves to be, you know, represented properly. And, you know, as uh, yeah, go, going back to the whole authenticity. Yeah. thing. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's interesting because with the with the LGBTQ plus community, one of my favorite shows right now is a show on Hulu called Love, Victor. It's like this super cute queer show and um, neither of the two actors playing the lead characters are, they're mm-hmm. both straight, but they are perfect mm-hmm. in their roles and mm-hmm. they do so much advocacy for the community and they're so outspoken and supportive. And to mm-hmm. me, that's also just as important as like the intention behind it. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to go play that. a gay character and it's like stereotypical and offensive, right? And just bad. Mm-hmm. That's when we should call it out is when it's bad. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you guys did the whole casting process and hired a bad actor, but when they're <laughs> an amazing actor, it's like, well, what at the fine, they clearly were the best person for the role. Cause they're mm-hmm. killing it. Like that's when mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's fine. They can take it as long as like yeah. other people who were part of the community got as much of a chance. To me, right, that's right. the effort behind it. You know, okay. that's really where it's like. But mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing goes like we we're saying with with specific ethnicities or nationalities. It's like I want to be the best person for the role. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get sort of like the well, it was between you and a straight actor and we gave it to you because he was straight. It's like, well, that's why you gave it to me. Not because I was mm-hmm. the best actor, but just because he wasn't. Well, that's not fair. What if, if he's a better actor? Mm-hmm. Go with a better actor, you know, because yeah. I would hate to be in the mm-hmm. same position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no that's great I uh, like thank you for sharing that because I, I I always genuinely like want to like know what other people's viewpoints are on these because mm-hmm. yeah like I said it's something that I I definitely kind of I guess not really struggle but you know I'm always contemplating whenever I get a new audition yeah. or something because uh, obviously I'm, I'm excited for any like getting an audition is already I guess something that I feel really blessed to, you know, be able to do and stuff and getting in the room. So it's always like, I want to be able to feel excited for every, you know, like every role, but also, you know, I guess, um, I think really just bearing in mind like representation and stuff. So yeah, I love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, at the end of the day, we're actors like, well, I, you know, I played an FBI lab tech on a show for four episodes and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I didn't go to the FBI. I hate science. Does that mean that I can't play this character? No, I'm going to hold this tablet and deliver this information and then go off screen. Like we're actors. We can, yeah, you're trained Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to do it as authentically as possible. Yeah. You know, so Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We've been going for a bit now, um, but I wanted to, before we do go to talk about your experience on American Horror Stories. Um, that was your first like guest star role, your first network TV um, yeah. <laughs> credit, which is amazing. So again, congrats on that. And not just one episode, but three, they kept bringing you guys back. And that's amazing. It's always a wonderful, uh, wonderful feeling. You know, we do, we do a project that we just do it once. 
and that's it. And then when they call you back, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I get to come I, back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was your audition process like for that? Was it, uh, with recent projects, I'm always asking like, was, did all of this happen pre pandemic or like during the craziness? Yeah. So it actually happened during, um, the pandemic. It was, um, I auditioned, I believe it was early this year in February. So it was a self-tape. Um, I, fun fact, I've actually never been to an in-person audition <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> because I only, I only signed with my manager last October. Me too. Um, which is no when way. Every, yeah. That's so that's like when everything was already switched to self-tapes and, uh. So I've never, I, I've really been um, kind of like counting my blessings because I have pretty bad stage fright. Mm. So I, I need to really work on that. I, I've done a ton of like Zoom callbacks and Zoom yeah. um, auditions and stuff, but nothing in person. But anyways, um, back to American Horror Stories. We, so I sent in a tape actually for the role of Maya, which is Paris Jackson's role. Mm. And, and I believe that the other two girls who were in the like Mean Girl squad also did that. So all That's of us cool. auditioned for the same role and yeah. they ended up kind of, I guess, based on how we read the role, they, yeah. you know, sifted us into our individual parts. So that's kind of how I, I, I think I, we started filming in April and I got cast in March. So February was gotcha. when I initially auditioned heard back and then got cast in March and then filmed in April. And yeah, the third episode, the, that finale episode was the, the shocker that we didn't know we were in. <laughs> oh, really? The, yeah. So the first, first two episodes aired and I got a um, message from my manager saying, Hey, like they checked your availability. Like, I, I think you guys are coming back for another episode. And we were just like, what? Because <laughs> we didn't expect to be asked back for a different episode just because it's supposed to be, you know, a different story. Yeah. every time and when we so when they called us back for the last episode we had no idea what it was going to be about how they were going to bring back you know the same characters to tell a different story um i, don't I know still if, don't know what yeah. i watched the whole season <laughs> i still don't know what the hell went on in that last episode because yeah was, it was i'm like wait was it real was it a game is this like the black mirror yeah. my boyfriend was like it's like black mirror and i'm like i get it. i don't know yeah <laughs> no i mean i'm in it and i don't even know <laughs> It, it's pretty crazy because like um I think the show is really interesting because it's the first time they're doing like you know every episode's a different story versus like the nine because now they're on their 10th season but nine seasons of doing a story per season and I think the audience was very used to that you know we the actors were also used I guess like the showrunners and the writers were very used to that format too so I think it was just all a very cool like learning experience for everyone involved yeah. like it I yeah the last episode I really don't I don't know was it real was it not yeah. <laughs> will they bring us back we don't know yeah. I can only I'm just thankful that I I got you know the the last episode to kind of add more to my credits and yeah. be on on set for a longer time and stuff and meet more people because I think the last episode they brought back um Dylan McDermott mm -hmm. and my mom was like a my mom's a huge fan of him obviously from the first season of American Horror Story I'm 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 so sorry if I butchered his name his last name <laughs> oh you got it McDermott but, yeah yeah but um yeah it was really cool to get to meet him he was so nice um he actually gave me uh, like his 
the, the number to his um, asthma doctor because he was he had a scene where he had to fo- smoke a fake cigarette. Uh-huh. And I was standing near him and I started coughing and I was just like, sorry, I'm not, I'm like trying not to cough. I have asthma. He was like, I have asthma too. Like, do you have a doctor here? Do you have a pulmonologist here? I was like, no, like, I mean, I moved to LA recently. I don't, I haven't seen a doctor in a mm-hmm. while. And he was like, you got to go see this guy. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like <laughs> <That's really sweet. laughs> little weird flex there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was really fun. Um, that's really sweet of him and it's so funny i mean the poor guy has asthma and they're making him smoke on set like come on <laughs> i know but he was he got really into it i think that's another thing that i just enjoyed so much was watching um act, other actors get into their space because obviously mm-hmm. you know my role was pretty like I, I feel like to play like a mean girl it's pretty just like <laughs> it's pretty basic like um but you know watching i mean but these girls weren't just mean they were mean i mean there was you know <laughs> so there it, there were actually scenes so obviously a ton of scenes got cut um mm-hmm. for time and obviously yeah like not everything made it on screen but there were scenes where we were meaner um and saying it, it saying very like homophobic things and mm. stuff and that was another thing like when i auditioned you know they said cheerleader type um and trailer type mean girl so when we got the script and we saw you know the things that we were saying I mm-hmm. remember when we had our initial first like um it was a uh health and safety but also workplace um I, I'm I'm spacing on the word but it's just like a zoom meeting to make sure everyone is going to going to um just respect each other and stuff right. sexual ha- harassment training that's what right. it was yeah um I remember Paris Jackson was just like, so what if we're playing like really homophobic people? Like, and we were so afraid because just reading the script, I was like, I can't believe like people would say these things these days. You know what I mean? Like I, I just like, didn't want, I was so afraid to, to, I guess, say the lines and stuff. And they ended up cutting those scenes, but, but it was just like, I remember the four of us were just like really cringing and like being worried. (laughs) before performing the scenes so yeah and in a way I, I'm kind of glad they did cut it because I, I don't yeah it, it was it was scary for sure yeah no I feel you I mean yeah as someone in the community even if I had mm-hmm. lines like that I'd be like oh god okay we're right. going there that's okay let's gear up you know <laughs> yeah yeah no for yeah. sure and I think like it, it's it's also I guess in a tv series and stuff because I I think there's a lot of like villain origin stories and stuff coming up now where we have like a full movie to kind of understand like people's intentions and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes, you know, when you're playing like a supporting character and like all you're on screen for is to like, you know, like play these like villainous um, acts and stuff. Like it's, it's hard to bring yourself to that space because it's like, what are these girls thinking? Like why, you know, what's going on in their like personal lives that makes them feel like it's okay to act this way and right. stuff. And I think, I think that was what, especially for me, like I, it was, it, I really had to kind of, um, granted, like it, it was a small role, but it was like my first one. And I wanted to, you know, find the, like, again, find not the humor because I, I had a couple of lines that were kind of like comical, but mm-hmm. I really didn't find comical when I first read them. So I was just like, 
how do I like perform this and make it interesting kind of and obviously um our director Lonnie was amazing like he he gave us a ton of direction and stuff but yeah when I first got the script I was like oh my god like can I actually like play this role like I'm scared yeah but yeah Yeah. (laughs) I feel you I mean it's always it's always scary to, to sort of take on that new challenge especially I mean to me I love I consider myself very like goofy and like funny or whatnot but Mm -hmm. when it comes to like comedic lines or just comedic dialogue it's always like interesting to find like the tone where it'll actually come off as a joke but then sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. it tends to be sassy not funny or sarcastic and not like Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to get a laugh Mm -hmm. you know it's not like a laugh out loud Mm -hmm. moment it's always weird to Mm -hmm. to sort of find that balance but I mean you guys did a great job especially under all the circumstances with COVID and all of that stuff um you know (laughs) filming during the sem has been very strange I got to I worked on a show earlier this year um it was just for one day but it was still like just very strange you know like yeah having to try and stay I mean thankfully in the show I worked on COVID was part of the storyline like it existed in that world Mm -hmm. so my character was masked so it's like it's part of it's normal you know I'm a reporter wearing a mask Mm -hmm. but like on on shows like this where it's where it's not part of the story it's just like okay you're not only is the crew over there but they're all covered in masks and face shields and Mm -hmm, you're sort of mm -hmm. trying to stay in the moment like COVID doesn't exist in this world when it's existed for a year and a half at this point yeah yeah. yeah and I, I was talking to some of the other actors on set especially people with more experience and having you know been on sets pre-COVID they were saying that like the whole they really felt like everything was rushed not because like people were just rushing through it but because there was like a set you know time we could be without our mask and right. stuff so we really only had like one or two takes each kind you know each time and it was mm-hmm. just like very quick sometimes there was no like feedback on whether what we did was you know delivered <laughs> properly and stuff yeah. and and I that was I think that was something that shocked me a ton because mm-hmm. I was just like oh wow like like everything happened so quickly and stuff but then talking to some people they were just like yeah I think it's just because like we can't be without our PPE for too long and they right. have like yeah like Disney I think American Horror Stories was under Disney and they have like a strict guideline to right. follow yeah, yeah, yeah. to stay open which makes sense I'm, I'm thankful for that because obviously yeah. COVID is so like it's it's dangerous and I and I appreciate that these guidelines are there for us to still be able to pursue what we want to do um during such times but yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't want to take up too much more of your time so we're going to go into our oh, last no segment of the show called now that we know you since we've gotten to know you uh for the last 40-ish minutes uh we're just mm-hmm. gonna do some Final grab bag questions. So let's see. I've just got a list. I just pick random ones. Yeah. <laughs> Where is one place you want to visit before you die? One place I want to visit. Oh, this is tricky. I I think it would have to be like I want to see the Northern Lights. So mm. somewhere with it. I know there's a, diff- a few different places, mm. but somewhere with that the northern lights i would go before i die <laughs> same i really want to see them go to iceland yeah. or something <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that would be the dream <laughs> is there a role that got away yes and I, well i can't really I, I guess i can't really talk much about it but you know i i was um 
I think I, I, I auditioned recently for something that required me to have martial arts background and, and mm. like I resonated with that character so much and I've been seen for that show multiple times and you know the casting directors always have feedback and stuff but but I wasn't ready for the role because my I, I had martial arts background when I was younger but I've just not been in practice in recent yeah. years so then they really wanted someone with like um strong fight um fight experience and mm. I just wasn't able to to do that for them so yeah. right now I'm back in classes training again <laughs> so it's good well hopefully another opportunity like that will come back yeah. to me. <laughs> uh what tv show what do you want to guest star on any show um, so I mentioned warrior at the at the start of the, this episode and I think that would be a sick show to guest star on uh, if you could try up, uh, man. If you could try a job for one day just to see if you'd like it, which would you choose? Hmm. I think this is really weird, but I think a firefighter. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, like, I I just want to know, like, if I can, you know, be able to do any good in like a high stress situation like that and mm. I, I don't know I think like firefighting is so important but like just yeah. um weird story but my apartment always like has like an alarm that gets triggered off we don't know if it's like a van like a vandal that's just like pulling the alarm or something but like the firefighters always come and they just always look like so ready to like yeah you know like help people yeah. and stuff and i and i just like admire that so much so i don't know why but that was the first thing that popped in my head <laughs> have i ever thought wanted to be a firefighter no but now that you asked the question like that was the first thing that came to my head so that means yeah. we have to get you on the show chicago fire so that Maybe. you can live i, I haven't seen that <laughs> oh, really? i should i haven't seen any of the chicago like men chicago uh, fire and i've stuff. only seen I chicago pd there's a lot there's a lot of yeah. shows though yeah the whole new shows to binge <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor your path is yours only don't compare yourself to anyone else love it valerie yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show today uh where can folks thank find you. you on social media on instagram if they want to give you a follow yeah um they can find me um at valerie lou which is b-a-l-e-r-i-e dot l-o-o um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super active on Instagram. So come give me a follow and we'll be internet friends. <laughs> yeah. And you all can follow us on Instagram at actors with issues. Give me a follow at Juan Ayala official and a big thank you to our sponsor anchor for supporting the show. Head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Honiala, that's Valerie Lou. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.